This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. We'll see. Okay, I have one. Go ahead. Is it my turn? Um, I don't know. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to do this one that's called Differences Between Early and Late MRI in Infants with Neonatal Encephalopathy Following Therapeutic Hypothermia. Um, the lead author is Aisling Garvey, um, but of note, uh, there are some uh, big uh, hitters on, on this paper. So um, definitely one to take a look at. It's uh, from the Society of Pediatric Research. So the study aimed to compare a day four MRI, so right after rewarming, versus the second week MRI in infants with neonatal encephalopathy. Obviously, there's still a, there's still debate in the community about the right what is the optimal timing for MRIs. So I thought this was a really cool study. It's a retrospective cohort study, including infants who received therapeutic hypothermia for neonatal encephalopathy between 2016 and 2020 and had two MRIs. So they only included babies who had two MRIs, one in the quote unquote early time period, less than or equal to seven days, and uh, one in the late time period, greater than seven days. Inclusion criteria, uh, it was basically infants that were cooled and had two MRIs. But we'll review the cooling criteria. They were actually including babies greater than or equal to 34 weeks gestation um, with uh, with one of the following, a pH of less than 7.1 or a base deficit of greater than or equal to 10 on a cord blood or postnatal gas within 60 minutes of birth, a sentinel event prior to delivery, an APGAR score less than or equal to 5 at 10 minutes, or the requirement for prolonged resuscitation uh, and, and clinic plus clinical evidence of neonatal encephalopathy. Um, of note, uh, they were they are using the neonatal encephalopathy scale, the NES, um, which is is different than the SARNET exam. So um, they that's easy to search for. If you just search for NES, um, I think it gives a lot more detail to the examiner um, about which category to, to choose. So definitely something to take a look at. Infants are classified as mild if they have abnormal neurologic findings on clinical exam, but do not meet the criteria for moderate to severe neonatal encephalopathy. Moderate is defined as having three or more clinical findings consistent with moderate or severe neonatal encephalopathy, but more domains are moderate than severe. And an infant is scored as severe if they have three or more clinical findings consistent with moderate to severe neonatal encephalopathy, but more domains are severe than moderate. And infants with mild, moderate, and severe grades of neonatal encephalopathy receive therapeutic hypothermia with an NES score of greater than or equal to four. So that is their eligibility criteria for therapeutic hypothermia. So they had 94 infants included in this study with a median gestational age of 39.3 weeks, a median birth weight of 3,180 grams. 40 infants, 43% had mild neonatal encephalopathy, 49 or 52% were moderate, and 5 or 5% had severe. So let's get to the primary outcome. When comparing early scans to later scans, no changes were noted between the scans in 76 infants or 81% of infants. So that doesn't mean they were all normal, but it just meant that they didn't find a difference between the first and the second MRIs in 81% of infants, while changes were noted in 18 infants or 19%. So let's break that down. The first MRI scan was performed at a median age of four days. 70 infants, 74% had abnormalities noted on this early MRI. 
39 infants, 41% had parenchymal signal abnormality with a diffusion restriction. 10% had parenchymal signal abnormality without diffusion restriction. 10% had parenchymal or intraventricular hemorrhage. 12% had extra axial hemorrhage. And two infants had incidental findings um, that were polymicrogyria uh, or an immature gyral pattern. Um, what else did I want to tell you? Hold on. I, I have thoughts. I wanted to tell you a lot of things. Okay. Um, hold on. Why did I, why did they want to tell me about these three infants? Let me tell you exactly why. I don't know if you need to go into, into specifically those three, uh, I won't. I won't. Those, those three babies, but I think. I think what's interesting about these babies, for example, that they picked um, were that the babies had uh, pretty uh, normal MRIs, but had very um, abnormal clinical pictures. And so when they had a change on the second MRI, I think that's a valuable piece of information that like, I mean, they felt like what they saw an MRI was unexpected given the baby's clinical pictures. It's, it's more than, than significant. I think it's, 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 <laughs> it's insane, right? I mean, look at these numbers, 76, yeah. 76 infants had no change between early and late MRI. 18 had a change between an early and a late MRI. I don't really care which direction the change goes regardless. This is it's a huge, yeah. it's a, it's over 20%. And I think, think about, think about it from both the clinician. I mean, Every kid where you see the MRI and the MRI is abnormal, to me as a clinician, it's like a dagger. It's like, ugh, man, what is in store for this kid? And it's so stressful. And then think about it from the perspective of the parents. Mm -hmm. What if you get an initial MRI that says it's abnormal and then those changes sort of get better within the late MRI? This is a dramatic difference when you go home. Um, I mean, oh, my microphone almost fell off. The question then becomes, is this? do you think, Daphne, that this is going to, really force us to do both now late and late and early and late before well, let me babies tell you more about the home. second MRI. You didn't let me tell you about okay, the fine. second MRI. Okay. <laughs> the second MRIs were performed at a median age of 16 days, which is also interesting. Of the 24 infants with a normal early scan, they had negative MRIs. 13% had abnormal findings noted on their late MRI scan, including abnormal T1 and 2 signal, a deep nuclear gray matter, restricted diffusion, punctate white matter lesions, and punctate paraventricular hemorrhages. Of the 70 infants with abnormal findings noted on the early MRI, 16% had complete resolution of the findings. Of the 70 infants with abnormal exam on the early scan, 79% had stable findings or expected evolution of the original injury. Four infants or 6% had worsening or a new finding on the late MRI. And injury in this group included uh, a variety of injuries, extension of injury to the cortex or to involve more areas of the white matter and new injury noted in the caudate and the globus pallidus. Um, the other thing people might have questions about is, was the MRI, were the changes more common in some degree of neonatal encephalopathy? So there was no difference in the incidence of change in MRI between the grades of neonatal encephalopathy. Of the 40 infants with mild, 13% had an abnormal early MRI and a normal late MRI. And four 
or 10% had worsening or new injury noted on their late MRI. Of the 49 infants with moderate, 12% had an abnormal early MRI and a normal late MRI, and 4% had worsening or new injury noted on their late MRI. And of the infants with severe, one infant, 20%, had worsening or new injury noted on their late MRI. So I think, I think you have to take into account your clinical picture and the MRI. And that's still not perfect because we know that mm-hmm. our clinical picture doesn't always predict which babies will have normal MRIs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, now my question it's then, scary. I have to it's ask scary, you the question then. Does it mean that we should get two MRIs before discharge? I think if we want to give parents the most comprehensive information, then the answer is yes. Is that the right answer given a resource yeah. utilization? For example, will it change how you ask the parents to follow up with the therapies and things like that? No. It might. Right? Because I don't no? think it should change our counseling. I think any baby who got... With normal MRI, your counseling is the same. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, for example, Hope, the team at Hope for HIE and the work that Betsy is doing is saying that a lot of these kids went home or they said, mild, you don't need to be cooled, or they got cooled and the MRIs were normal. And the kids are still having new complications come up that are felt to be related to this perinatal situation. So, yeah, no, I, I... my counseling is always the same. That that mm-hmm. uh, therapy is highly, highly uh, valuable for all of these babies. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think I think um, I agree with you. I think, and I think this is going to change. I think to me, it le- it looks like this is going to be a, a leading to a change in practice. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. could be wrong though. All right, Priya, we've been. Uh, This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.